you talk about strength, the belief inside or your bullyproof armor, building that confidence, it's through continuous challenges. Just like in jujitsu, you're going in there. Yeah, you may be repeating techniques over and over again, but now you're against a stronger opponent or the challenge is a little bit better or bigger and harder. And what that's doing is it's challenging you each and every day. And self-respect is, I cannot talk about that enough because self-respect comes from, well, one, respecting yourself, but how do you get that? By challenging yourself, by always trying to do better the next time, never giving up when you fail one time or two times, three times, but realizing that I'm gonna keep battling. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast where we shift your WTF moments into WTL moments and learn together how to transform your life and relationships through social-emotional learning. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, social-emotional learning experts and the co-founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. In each episode, we'll explore the five competencies of SEL, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making, and share practical tips, stories, and strategies for building these skills in ourselves and others. Whether you're a parent, educator, or just looking to improve your own social-emotional well-being, this podcast is for you. Join us as we navigate the exciting and sometimes challenging world of SEL and discover the power that emotional intelligence has to transform our lives and communities. What's going on, Lessonators? Welcome back to the show. I am sitting right next to my co-pilot, Miss Jill Marie Peterson. Lessonators! <laughs> Welcome back. We're excited to be here. We're always excited to be here. We were just laughing because we were coming in real hot to this episode <laughs> today. You know, sweaty. Pack schedule. Yeah. And it's like, man, start a podcast. They said it'll be fun. <laughs> be consistent at it. They said it'll be fun. But you know what? It is. As as stressful as it can be to keep up the schedule, as stressful as it can be to find new guests, the guests we have on today is exactly why we host these conversations. Because we're in this work of social emotional learning and bettering our communities and bettering our youth in order to better our world. Because we truly feel like that's the impact that this work has. And we also know we can't do it alone. So conversations like today are awesome and we are excited to dive right into it. So Rich, I'm going to let you kind of give your full official title so I don't butcher it. But will you, if you're in a safe position to do so, put your hands together for Rich and I'll let you get into who you are, not just as a person, but who you are for this world as well. Well, greetings, everyone. And uh, Mary and Jill, thank you so, so very much for the opportunity to be on your show and off I guess camera and off uh, recording in the uh, green room, I guess we can call it, was, was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> of course. And uh, thank you for what you're doing to continuously spread the impact. And I know we talked uh, a little bit in the green room, so to speak, about uh, the impact and the empowerment or what we're trying to do. I like to say to make society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live by empowering you know millions of kids, parents, teens, and adults with the hope, faith, and confidence to believe in themselves to realize they're unique in their own imaginable way. You know, there's over 8 billion people on the planet, but uh, there's not another Jill, there's not another Mary, there's not another one of you out there listening. You're unique, you've got a gift that God gave to you and only you, but oftentimes we feel, well, when, when you dive into your gift, 
you feel like you're isolated, like you're the only one. Well, guess what? You are the only one, but it can get awful lonely feeling that way. So with that, you have to surround yourself with other folks, other people. It doesn't have to be the exact same mission, but definitely the same purpose, the same heart, the same mindset of trying to make things better for the society as a whole, as Mm. opposed to, yeah, we want to make ourselves better because we can't serve to our best if we're not at our best. But at the same time, if we try and fit in that proverbial round hole with everyone else, we're not (laughs) realizing our unique talents. Amen. Yeah, 100%. And more people need to understand and embody what that means to them. We have enough copycats. We have enough comparisonitis. We have enough not enoughness and imposter syndrome going around. What is it like to fully step into who you are and use your gifts and talents to inspire and move others to action? And isn't that what we're all searching for? Yes. Like that's what we're all searching for. And to have people like like Mary and I, and like you, Rich, who get to speak to specifically kids. I mean, Mary and I work with tweens and teen girls, and we're going to get into exactly who you serve as well. But when you're dealing with those those kiddos who don't know who they are, it's like we get to be a mirror for them. We get to we get to say, hey, borrow our belief because you are special. You are worthy. You are enough. And we need you fully to step into your your talents and gifts because who knows those talents and gifts can literally change the world absolutely and you know comparison is the thief of joy oftentimes we try and compare ourselves with anyone and everyone and oftentimes i call it we bully ourselves on both sides what i mean by that if we compare ourselves to somebody who we perceive as doing better than us now we can use that as our i like to say bobby boucher water boy tackling <laughs> to drive us and to push us but at the same time we're like well dang i'll never be as cool as mary and jill i'll never be as cool as you and, and that's you're, I'm, that's exactly right i'll never be as cool as you guys however you'll never be as cool as me either because we right. have different gifts yes. and on the other side we say well i guess i'm not as cool as they are but at least i'm not not as bad as this person well, now I'm putting someone else down and trying to put myself up on a pedestal. You lose both ways. Just try and compare yourself today with the person trying to be better today than you were yesterday. And then the person tomorrow, you know, and we all get knocked down in life. I mean, the world's full of, I call it right hooks and left uppercuts, and they're going to drop us. And when they do, we have to decide, are we going to get back up and fight another round? Or are we just going to lay there and let society run over us? Well, we mm-hmm. know we got to get back up. And, and when we do so, that's strengthening our perseverance muscles to, to battle through, to overcome, to succeed. And that kind of what I try and do with kids and at our martial arts academy. I'd have women's self-protection workshops, which, by the way, were my absolute one of my favorite things to do because the ladies would come in and uh, they usually come in in a group and they're all acting. You know, it, it's an, it's kind of uncomfortable. Like, I don't know what's going on here. They got to take their shoes off. They got to get on the mat. So they're <laughs> laughing and joking and having a good time, which is what I want to break the ice. But then I would kind of get into it. And it's not that I want to break anyone down, but I want them to face that fear, whatever that may be. And, and oftentimes, one of the things I would do, I'd walk somebody I didn't know. I'd walk directly at her. And I mean, 99 out of 100 times, the, the lady would yield the right away and just let me keep on walking. And I said, why'd you do that? And she'd say, well, I didn't want you to run over me. I said, yeah, but you did it. You looked down at the ground and moved out of the way. I want you to have the eye focus and the confidence of believing yourself that I'm freaking moving out of the way. I got just as much right to be here as you. Now, I'm not saying run me over, but I am saying walk around with that. I call it your, your, your lion, tiger's eyes, lion's voice and lion empowerment posture because <laughs> yes. you're walking around because you are a warrior. Now, you can be a princess on the outside because you're beautiful, but you got a warrior on the inside. 
So we would do drills like that. And uh, the ladies, uh, they would walk out of there where before maybe a little timid to make eye contact. Now they're like, all right, there's some sucker to freaking grab me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes and, uh, I love uh, that. And I was, I was raised, my dad was a Vietnam vet. And when he got back from Vietnam, he'd become an over-the-road truck driver. So he was kind of his way of dealing with the world was to just be an over-the-road truck driver. And I grew up on a farm with my mom and my grandma and my mom's two sisters. So it was like four women raising Richie as a kid. And so I got the, I don't doing aerobics with them when we were kids and this and that, but still had the heart. With Jane strong. Fonda? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it actually filmed several aerobic videos back in the uh, early nine or late nineties. It's combat Tybo. I called it kick to get fit. You guys remember Tybo with Billy? Oh, yeah. oh do we remember? <laughs> uh, Billy's a great guy. I had the opportunity to meet him and chat with him several times. But uh, anyway, the whole point was I saw that that really helped. And of course, the dad was the macho side of it. You know, you're, you're going to be tough, boy. The world's going to beat you down and this and that. So it was a nice balance. But my heart's always gone out to because I was bullied as a kid because I never stood up for myself. And then with the martial arts, I learned to be empowered and believe in myself. And then I also saw a lot of ladies would come in for not only martial arts classes, but self-protection workshops. And like I said, it was it just because predators in the wild, they go after the weakest gazelle. The lion does. The lion doesn't go after the strongest gazelle. The same thing as predators in our society. They go after somebody who's lacking self-confidence, belief in themselves. And uh, it's all about a power trip. If they can get over on this person, then they feel empowered. I always tell people, don't try and figure it out because it's, it's something sick up here. Hurt people, right. try and hurt others. And then I, I taught aerobics, as I mentioned, for know, 10, 12 years. So that was always a fun thing, too. And That's just awesome. getting that empowerment. When the ladies walked out, like, yeah. Right. So... Okay, in in your bio, you had just touched on that. Obviously, you've ran a gym for the better part of the last 25 years, and we're able to create community with that. We're able to empower all sorts of people, kids, women, I'm assuming dads as well in there if yeah. they came in and took a class. But there was a tug. I'm, I'm going to call it a little tug on your heart that wanted to pursue a bigger mission, which you mentioned that you had been bullied as a child and the word bully, bullying, is very prevalent and super relevant today. So that's something that Jill and I hear nearly every day when we work with our girls and families is somebody was being bullied. Maybe they are a bully. Parents are quick to call that out. So you have made the mission to help people stand up to bullying your main attraction. Am I hitting the nail on the head? Yeah, that's a good right hook of reality. That's a hashtag I use, by the way, so feel free to use it. Oh, I love um, that. It's uh, spot on. And the biggest bully, the meanest, nastiest, scariest bully will ever face is not anyone out there. It's the bully in here, the one in our mind. That He's pointing us, to his head, everyone, because oh, that that is super poignant. It's the bully inside of us. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that's the bully that any anything we've been negatively said about us or we've said about ourselves. You know, somebody said, you're, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're slow, you're fat, you're, you're ugly. All those things, they're like negative arrows. Well, they're actually weeds of society. Now, I like to think of our mind as our mental garden. Now, anything we plant in a garden is going to grow. Well, our mental garden is the most fertile garden on the planet. And unfortunately, society has a way of dumping all that negativity on there. And our mind will continue to chew on that. And then it will remind us anytime we're starting to feel good about ourselves, that weed will pop up in our mind, our mental garden, and say, 
well, who do you think you are? What, what do you mean you're going to start a podcast? What, what do you mean you're going to do a video blog? Right. What do you mean you're going to start a business? Don't, don't you remember? You're dumb. You're slow. You're, you're, you're not smart. Nobody wants to look at you or hear you. And our mind continues to chew on that. And the more power we give it, the stronger it gets. It's almost like watering those weeds of negativity in our mental garden there. So when I talk about bullying, in my book I wrote, it's called Becoming Bullyproof. It's essentially me as a 11, 12-year-old meeting me 40 years later as Master Grogan, and we go on a journey together where the older me is teaching the younger me everything I wish I would have known about believing in myself, standing up for myself, and confronting my fears. Because the fears, they, they, they don't go away. You just compartmentalize those things, and they always seem to pop out at the wrong time, regardless what you're going through. In every stage of life, you're going through more and more battles. Obviously, the tween and the teen years, especially I've got a 19-year-old daughter. Her name's Madeline. But she... That'll be a story I'll get to in just a second. Squirrel, right? I don't know if you guys have that. Uh-huh. <laughs> All <Yes>. the time. <laughs> All the time. What was I it's, doing in that email inbox? Uh, uh, I'm going to go get a snack. <laughs> yes. Let's open up another window. <laughs> 100%. Get another tab but, on that. Get another tab on that because. <laughs> but the whole part of what I try and do is knowing that bullying can only be conquered from the inside out. And I call it strengthening your bullyproof armor. Which, by the way, I got the bulletproof armor idea from the armor of God, you know, that having that uh, shield, having that protection, having that helmet, having that self-confidence and belief, and then having the sword, not necessarily to strike, but just that strength to know I can defend myself. So it has to be defeated from the inside out. And I think that, unfortunately, in society, and I used to call our program 20-something years ago, bully prevention or stop bullying and all that, and that's admirable. But bullying's been around since Cain and Abel, the first two brothers that walked the face of the earth. Mm. And they, they didn't have social media. And we've right. got social media now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so they, uh, they would have had a field day. <laughs> oh, my God. Literally. That's good. That's good. That's <laughs> but, uh, so what, what we have to do is we have to strengthen ourselves on the inside out, realizing, unfortunately, there are people out there that are hurt, that are weak-minded, and they want to, unfortunately bully others because they think that's the way to gain power. And bullying is a learned behavior. Most of the time it's learned from a family member or a parent. So they're just replicating what they've seen or learned or heard before. But we have to believe in ourselves enough not to let them plant negative seeds in our mental garden, not to let them, you know, we've got to realize that what they say about us, well, obviously this person doesn't know us and it's not somebody we need to be friends with. Because if they knew us, they would know it's not true. And if they were a friend, they wouldn't be saying the ugly negative things they're saying about us. So we discount those things right off the bat by believing in who we are. But in order to build that confidence up, we have to do things that we know can self-respect and appreciate ourselves and doing the things that we feel good about. And I like exercise is a huge part of it. If you're working hard towards something, you are respecting yourself by feeling good about yourself. And you feel good about yourself. Now you're invigorated, you're empowered. And wait a minute. What that person say about me? No way. But we can't think that way if we've got all the negativity on our mind caused from stress and, uh, you know, that cortisol release. Cortisol is your fight or flight chemical. And when we have that, if we're in a panic state, we got to get that cortisol out. And the only way to get it out is to physical activity. I love that. There's so much goodness. I love the visual effect of your mind being a garden and society being weeds. I'm like, oh, that is just, that is gold right there. And I, I want to hear more 
In just a second, I have another question first around how do you start developing from the inside out? So if parents are listening to this and their kids are struggling with self-doubt and limiting beliefs and a lack of confidence, I would love to hear a couple of tips that you teach around how to garner those skills from the inside out. But first, I want to know what your definition of bullying. I think that's a really important distinction because of how often that word gets thrown around. And I think it's important to obviously bring awareness to it. Like you said, it's been around since the absolute dawn of time. We can't necessarily prevent it because it's kids are going to be kids. Adults are going to be adults. They're going to learn it. They're going to garner it. It's going to happen. However, we can work on the response to it, right? But the response sometimes is overreaching. So in a situation that may not be bullying, it may be healthy conflict, Mm -hmm. parents feel the need to jump in and solve and rob their children of really valuable experiences in terms of what conflict resolution looks like. I love that you brought that up. That's a good one. Mary, that's spot on. And uh, you're exactly right. It gets overplayed and it gets overplayed to the point where it gets overlooked. And that's the unfortunate thing about it. It's all the kids are just whining and tattling. And uh, I like to say that the difference between tattling and telling or tattling and reporting is tattling is just trying to get somebody in trouble. And if you tattle every day, it's sort of like the boy or girl who cried wolf. You're going to be written off. Tattling is just trying to get somebody in trouble. Reporting is actually reporting something that could potentially be a crime or could potentially be hurtful to one or all parties involved. So you're reporting in a manner. But it's all about how the kids talk to the teachers at school or parents. And I, I like to tell kids, if you go there whining like, Mary's picking on me again, and Jill just called me this name, they're not going to listen because they hear whining and, and, and tattling all day long. You have to go there, and it's part of the ABCs to become bullyproof. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the C is communicate clearly and confidently, and you communicate with your eyes, communicate with your voice, but it'd be like whoever you're talking to, hey, you know, I've asked Mary to stop calling me this name. She's calling me a, a short little punk. <laughs> I've asked her three <laughs> different times to stop it. And then Jill keeps laughing. Could, could you please help me with this? So what I've done now is communicate clearly and calmly, uh, confidently what the problem is, what I've tried to do to stop it. Now I'm asking for help and to get somebody else in there. But I say it in a, in a firm manner. By doing that, you're going to be listened to a little bit more than the whining and tattling. Unfortunately, what happens is that usually the child, they pack all that stuff in. And it gets to the point where they're so mentally defeated that they don't know what to do anymore. Verbal attacks, exclusion, and then, of course, you know, behind the, the device, social media. And then it evolves and, and it moves on to the next step, which gets usually to the physical. But it never really ever starts off as physical. My goal is to stop it before it ever gets to the physical point. Because when it gets to the physical point, someone is getting hurt in a very, very bad way. And uh, it's almost like a pressure cooker. The kids pack it all in. And when yeah. it finally does come out, it explodes and right. people get really, really hurt. Right. But uh, the definition, I guess, I'll just take bits and pieces of the, I guess, the dictionary definition. It's repeated behavior over and over again, that where there's an exchange of power, where one person's using their authority and their power over another one, but it's happening repeatedly over and over again. So in other words, if Mary would call me a bad name one time, that's that's really not bullying. That's just Mary being rude. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're you're really pegging me, That's... you short little punk. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> and I would be the one laughing too. Mary, yeah. Mary would be the one saying I, that, and I'm like, <laughs> you, you really did. You nailed us. <laughs> That's funny how you say that. But it's it's repeated behavior over and over again. It, it, if nothing's done to stop it, then the 
the bully or the person doing the bullying behavior is now empowered to do more to get Jill to laugh each and every time because, well, Jill's going to stop laughing at the, you know, little punk thing because it's not funny anymore. So what do I got to do? I got to up it even more right. in order to get the same effect. And the unfortunate thing with, with all bullying incidents, you've got one, I guess, predator that's doing the bullying and everybody else standing around is laughing along with them out of fear because they're afraid if I don't laugh, then I could be the next target. Mm-hmm. Everybody around's like, oh, they don't feel good about it. But, you know, it's one of those better you than me. Well, I'm sorry it's happening to you. But if I say anything, they're going to turn on me. So a lot of times kids will hang around with the, the kid that's doing the bullying behavior. I hate to call a kid a bully because it's an act and a behavior. It's not necessarily a person. But right. if it's repeated over and over again, it actually becomes the person and their character and who they are because they've uh, never been stopped. You guys, have you heard that we're hosting a summer camp? Listen, you can go to a summer camp that kills time or you can attend a camp that leverages it. This summer, we aim to empower and inspire young women to pursue more. More confidence, more positive friendships, more community impact, more dreams and aspirations, more self-honoring and healthy habits. To explore more camp options, go to girlsmentorship.com. We can't wait to see you there. I love that you said that because repeated behavior, I mean, you see it with adults, right? It's it's the typical, I hate my job like reference, but I'm going to put my head down and my blinders on. I'm going to go to a job that I hate, just to rush home and watch a TV show and eat a TV dinner, just to hurry to go to bed, just to get up and do the job that I hate again. And 30 years later, you look back and you're like, oh, that became a behavior. Like I just, I dealt with it. So pointing that out, like if a child continues to get positive reinforcement on bully behavior, then they become the bully and the cycle repeats itself. So you pointed out earlier that obviously it's learned behavior. We like to say that behaviors are caught, not taught. So if it's something that they're seeing at home in terms of between mom and dad or between mom and friends, dad and friends, whatever that dynamic, oh yeah, whatever that dynamic shakes out to be, the kid is going to carry that on. And if they're getting positive reinforcement at school. So I I really want to just point out the fact that this is where social emotional learning comes in so hot, right? We're teaching kids to understand what they value, what their boundaries are, how to have clear cut boundaries with people and how to positively communicate. So when you said, you know, Mary's calling me this and Jill is laughing. May I have some help with that as opposed to this is happening again, right? And I don't I don't want to call a kid out for whining, but you're right. It's so important to be clear and communicative with what you need help with so somebody doesn't brush you off or say, mm-hmm. God, I've heard that so many times. You are the kid that cried wolf. And that's what we teach. We teach kids how to use their voice and stand up for themselves. Well, I, I mentioned off the air about the goosebumps. Uh, I'm a, I'm a goosey mess. You guys hit my heart here. This is awesome. <laughs> no, this is such a great conversation. So I would love to follow up on Jill's question in terms of confidence. Like, obviously, confidence absolutely comes with what you teach in terms of the physicality, what you taught in terms of your martial arts. Jill's kids go to jujitsu. They teach such incredible pillars of how to show up. And there's disciplines, which is amazing because obviously those transfer from inside the gym to outside of the gym, which is exactly what we want. But outside of that, now that you no longer 
do gym specific activities when you're working with a family or you're hosting a workshop or you're speaking what are some of the tools and tricks that you want kids to walk away knowing in order to be able to express their confidence that's a great question it's actually something i'm, I'm kind of going back and forth with because so i had the academy they would come in and it would be twice three times a week whenever they were able to come in so it's constant reinforcement tom ziggler which is a uh, zig ziggler's son I'm blessed to be a friend with him. I wrote a small little book with him. He's got a, a little term he calls PC. And what PC is, it's not the world's PC. Of political <laughs> it's not politically it's, correct? Give yeah, me another it, definition. It, I was no. like, isn't a PC a computer as well? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. You guys are bang, bang, bang. Uh, it, it, it's a persistent consistency. Oh, Say that real fast. Persistent consistency over and over okay, again. Okay, persistent but, consistency. Oh, you said a knife. Look at that. Well, Jill. I mean, it, if I <laughs> went faster, I would have flubbed. So I'll practice. <laughs> oh, now I'm a, that, that, that tongue tied here. What persistent consistency? I had to slow down so I sound like Jill there. Persistent <laughs> consistency is it's all about being persistent in what you do day in and day out. And then consistently, it kind of flip flops, being persistent about it. So they work hand in hand off each other. So in other words, if you mentioned a person goes to work every single day and it's in a, this depressed funk, they drive through the fast food because they're too depressed and too down and not willing enough to or wanting to because they don't have the energy to go home and cook a meal. They've got the fast food. They sit down in front of the, the TV, kind of ignore the kids, go do your thing and I'll do my thing because I had a hard day at work. And they go to bed and do the same thing over again and the cycle continues to repeat itself. Well, that's persistent consistency in a wrong way. Right. However, you change that up a little bit. And with the Martial Arts Academy, they knew when they came in what we expected, the self-respect, the self-discipline, the attitude and effort. You put your shoes side by side, nice and neat. You know, if you're going to hang your jacket up, you hang it up. You don't throw the darn thing in the floor. I don't want to see socks laying around the floor. You bow when you come onto the mat. You're yes, sir. No, sir. You give mom and dad a hug and a kiss when you leave and thank them for bringing you. So that's continuous, persistent consistency day in and day out. Now, the goal with that is they only see us two or three days a week for maybe uh, an hour and a half, two hours, is mom and dad learning that behavior so it works at home. Because a lot of times the parents would say, man, they're they so respectful in here. They say, yes, sir. They try their best. The shoes are always side by side. How come they won't do that at home? And when I was much younger, I'd say, well, this is, so now I just ask the question. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> so I'll turn the mirror, well, I, baby. And I'm like, whoa, you could totally flip it on them. Like, well, what's your PC? Yeah. You so, know? It, and then that was the whole idea of what we tried to do. We had what we called a power chat at the very beginning of class. It was just two to three minutes. Kids would bow, come on the mat, take a knee, and we'll do a quick little power chat. Uh, That's nice another PC. You had a PC had a, about oh, PC? Mary, Mary, Mary. Gosh, darn. Oh, God. That was good. That was good. That was good. Pull that one out. But the power challenge is all about getting their mind right about the attitude and effort they're going to put forth in the class and let them know we're going to have setbacks. You're not going to be able to do everything perfect. But that's all part of learning. You know, if you were in fifth grade and you're still doing kindergarten work, yeah, it'd be easy for you. But what are you really learning and how are you growing and how are you getting better and stronger? And it's through those mental tests. We talk about strength, the belief inside or your bullyproof armor, building that confidence. It's through continuous challenges, just like in jujitsu, you're going in there. Yeah. You may be repeating techniques over and over again, but now you're against a stronger opponent or the challenge is a little bit better or bigger and harder. And what that's doing is it's challenging you each and every day. And self-respect is, I cannot talk about that enough because self-respect comes from, well, one respecting yourself, but how do you get that? 
by challenging yourself, by always trying to do better the next time, never giving up when you fail one time or two times, three times, but realizing that I'm going to keep battling and that strengthens your bulletproof armor, which builds that self-confidence. Now, on the other side, I'm not an advocate at all of everybody gets a trophy, everybody gets a grade, everybody gets a belt, simply because it's not teaching the kids or adults what it takes to overcome that challenge. And I like to say if kids aren't taught to overcome small battles, well, they sure as heck, when they become teenagers, when the battles really amplify, they're not going to have the foundation of the tools to overcome those because they've never learned how to overcome setbacks or defeat or failure. And then they sure as heck aren't going to learn it when they get in their 20s because they've never built a foundation. And the saddest thing is suicide is the second leading cause of death for ages 10 to 34. 10 to 34. How is that possible? That is it's, staggering. It's a sobering statistic. It is staggering. And when it's one we reference quite frequently mm-hmm. because I don't think people really can grasp the largeness of that number and knowing it's the second leading cause. And so much can be done in order to prevent that. However, it has to be done as a collective. It can't be done on an individual basis. And I think that's where we are in the world. I hope the pendulum starts to swing back in the other direction because it's you versus me. It's red versus white. It's left versus right. It's you're a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Everyone is so against one another. And we have when we're so hardened that we don't have openness to hear anybody else's perspective or be able to put ourselves in anyone else's shoes. Our hands are not out holding them out to say, hey, I'm here to help. They're closed and saying, your problems are yours. Get away from me. Mm -hmm. And this is why, in my very humble opinion, conversations like this are incredible because we can get in our own head, especially as business owners, right, as entrepreneurs, and we're working our tushies off trying to grow this business and grow this platform in order to grow our impact on people. And when we look up, when we look up from, you know, the hours and hours of work we're putting in, we get to see other people like you. And you're in Florida, you're on the other end of the United States. And it just brings us so much joy to know that other people have this mission placed on their heart as well. And that we're looking to create the ripple effect with our younger generation because we know how important it is, not only because we see what can happen in our future, but we've been in their shoes. And to be in someone's shoes who wasn't confident or who did get bullied or didn't know who they were or what they stood for, so they just went with the crowd and they made super dumb decisions, all in favor of that, I. I. It's it's so important to be able to understand and empathize with where kids are now, knowing that the battles they're facing are probably a hundred million times more than what we're facing. And not to disregard what we face, but social media and the the landscape of today with technology and inviting 4 million of your closest friends into your living room is so much more. It's so much more than what we had to deal with. And I'll, I won't say more, I'll say different. So I don't step on anybody's toes. <laughs> and I was just gonna chime in and add that what Rich is talking about around confidence and that we need to we need to talk with our kiddos and even as ourselves around like setbacks are good. Mm -hmm. Like falling down is such a beautiful lesson for us to get back up and, and learn and do better. And it's not to, to label us to say that we're a failure. And 
the way that we teach confidence is through summer camps and workshops and community. And the way that Rich has taught confidence is through martial arts and all of these other different platforms. So kids can learn these skills through sports, through activities, through all types of different ways, because maybe someone comes to us and we're not really for them, but they go to Rich and they're like, oh my gosh, what he's saying is everything. That's so awesome. But what I love consistently is what we both see. We see how kids are suffering. They are lonelier than ever. They are lacking skills to be successful and they don't know how to do it. So whichever way you slice and dice it, it just is really cool to hear that your kid, if you make the effort to put your kid into something, these are the type of conversations that they can that they can learn to to be better in life so that they can be confident. Well, spot on. You made me think I wrote down a little because my mind's all over the place. And if I don't write things down, I'll forget about <laughs> it. Squirrel. Kids walking. Now, one parent, when their child was first learning to walk after the kid crashed and burned a hundred times, ever said, well, I guess my son's not going to walk. He's just going to crawl the rest of his life. No, you didn't give up on them then. And that was the biggest challenge of their life at that time. They had to learn to stand, to fall, to crash, burn, and crawl. They stood up. They did all this. They did the traveling, hanging on the table. But you never gave up on them then. But you actually pushed them to succeed. Unfortunately, nowadays, they, they have a setback or a challenge. And parents are all too willing to give up as soon as possible. And you got to have that attitude of, no, no, they're still learning to walk as they're learning to navigate through these things. It doesn't mean we can't, obviously, I, I encourage you to help them. But I had a podcast not too long ago was on, and we, we talked about, we went from when I was a kid, you play till the streetlights come on and whatever you were doing out there, whatever, just make sure your butt's home before the streetlights come on. Yeah. To parents became uh, helicopter parents where they're hovering over the, the kiddos. Now it's got to the point, I brought this up and I realized, well, in Florida, they, they don't have snow. So I used to say snowplow parents. So snowplow yeah. parents are there <laughs> getting everything on the way. So I had to change that to lawnmower parents. <laughs> They're cutting the path for the kids. <laughs> totally. Because uh, if I said snowplow, what the heck is that? I'm like, oh yeah, uh, oh, let's yeah. go with a lawnmower parent. But you're shielding them from absolutely every little thing. And, and we don't want our kids to get hurt. I never want my child to get hurt. However, a straight knee is not the end of the world. And in, in, in how they learn to think about it, Joe, you've got, how old's your child? Your um, I have, yeah, I have two boys, seven and nine. Oh my gosh. Fan terrific. So regardless how many times you tell them not to do something like, Hey, don't touch that stove. It's hot. Don't touch that stove. It's hot. You know, you know, don't slam the door. Well, it takes them slamming the door and maybe getting their finger caught or touching that hot stove and getting burnt before they realize, Oh, I probably should have listened. Well, <laughs> that's the hot stove example. Well, they're never going to forget that lesson. Obviously, we don't want them getting hit by a car. That's what we talk about. Hey, you stay on the sidewalk. Remember, you didn't listen last time. You touched the stove and got burnt. Well, this is far worse. But we use those experiences to help them grow. At the same time, they're learning on their own the differences between listening to mom and dad and not listening to mom and dad. But uh, at the same time, we're not putting them in this protective bubble because sooner or later, they're going to get outside that bubble and they're going to find out, man, I don't know how to do anything. Right. <laughs> they're 18 and they're like, bye. And oh, I don't know how I'm to back. do anything. And I'm I, back. I want to live back. in your basement. Bye. Hi. And I, I just, I want to point out that the touching the stove example, the getting hit by a car example, that can be used literally and figuratively. So, I mean, your child can be placed in so many different scenarios where they wind up getting hurt and that hurt could be physical, it could be mental, it could be emotional. 
And you have to prepare them for that by allowing them to do what you just said. If they need to touch the stove, allow them to touch the stove because it really is. That is how I did a lot of my learning. And luckily, thank God, our brains continue to develop as we age because now in my mid-30s, I, I learned from a lot of my mistakes. And now the way I learn is different. I don't have to DIY it nor do I want to. I want to pay somebody to help me with that experience. If I've got the funds, I'm going to dole them out so I can learn faster. If I don't have the funds, then I'm going to pick up my AirPods and I'm going to pop them in my ear and I'm going to listen to a podcast like this to learn that way. So it's cool to see how learning goes as you grow and I know that that is not always the case because obviously we both work with parents as well. And I'm sure it's a shock to a lot of the parents that you talk to that some of what their kids' behavior is presenting is their fault. I'm sure they're like, what? Oh, my God. No, absolutely not. They're broken. You need to fix them. It is not us. And that obviously this work does not just work for teens and tweens, it works for everyone because everyone has room to and grow. everyone needs to do the work. Oof. Amen. Yeah. So Rich, you were you were talking about your ABC method. Mm -hmm. um, you, you gave us a teaser around the C. I would love to hear a little bit more around where did this come from? And is this kind of a staple for how you do teach parents around cultivating that self-confidence in their kiddos? Take us through it. Absolutely. And I mentioned my daughter, Madeline, earlier. So uh, well, she's 19 now. And what she does here in Florida, now my kids all worked at the Martial Arts Academy in Illinois when we were there, which when we moved down here, it was kind of a, a shock to them because we pretty much the whole life was there. And I, I say this with the utmost humility, but after 26 years, well, we were in the community much longer than that. But we had the business for over 26 years and I was a PE teacher during the day for 11 years. So I was a PE teacher. I'd go to schools and give free Qualities of a champion, bulletproof workshops and clinics and everything else. And that kind of drove people to the martial arts academy with the women's self-empowerment workshops and things of that nature. We get down here and that's kind of all gone. But uh, my daughter now, uh, she works at this 50s milk shop place, which fits her personality. And then she does Disney princess birthday parties where she'll dress up as Cinderella or uh, a Rapunzel or uh, what's a girl from uh, Frozen. Elsa. Uh, Elsa. Elsa. Oh, I mean, I would let it Whoa. go. Let it go. Sing it, ladies. No. We, won't, we won't get stuck there. Continue, please. <laughs> she's a singer and she's uh, been in several musicals. But at the Martial Arts Academy, what her job, she's one of the instructors. And I same thing I did with my oldest son, Austin, who's 22 now. He, uh, when he was six years old, I said, all right, Austin, I want you to go out there and lead the warm-ups for this adult class. And he's like, and I'm six years old. I said, what do you mean to do? I said, I don't know. Just go out there and do something. And it was my way of kind of helping him overcome a fear of a little kid in front of these adults. And he went out there. And I remember he did one jumping jack and ran off the map. Cute. That was a good start. And then That's that led to another start. jumping jack. And I was say the same thing with Madeline. And I, I don't want to forget Emmett. He's my youngest son, right? He's 14. But same thing with all of them. Well, Madeline, my whole goal with her was, well, be my, my princess, my baby doll there. There's no way anybody was ever going to disrespect her or take advantage of her. And I said, look, baby, if you love daddy, you're going to learn how to be tough to keep daddy out of jail from having to knock the crap out of some <laughs> little punk. So yeah. uh, just speaking candidly here. I love so it. I taught her, I mean, at a very early age, not only on the mat there, 
But having grown men in our self-defense class, you know, grab her, her arm or her wrist or get her in a bear hug. And slowly but surely, she learned how to get out of any kind of attack, any kind of defense where she's at nine or 10 years old sparring against grown men and not batting an eye. She ain't scared at all. So middle school comes along and I, I hear from my wife that she's not eating. She's throwing up. And I'm like, what? Well, girls started making fun of her because she had strong legs because of martial arts and dance. Well, she thought she was fat. And so she wasn't eating. She was throwing up. And of course, the first thing that pops in my mind is, are, are you are you freaking kidding me here? Madeline beats up adults. <laughs> she could beat up both her brothers. She's that tough. How in the world is this happening? And uh, and of course, my thing is, uh, my wife says, do you want her to like jump up and kick him in the face? And part of me says, yeah. And then she goes, well, obviously you can't do that because I always taught them fighting is an absolute last resort. Unless somebody puts their hands on you, uh-huh. you're going to do what you can to avoid the conflict. Well, I taught her how to fight, but I didn't teach her how to avoid it before it got to a fighting thing. And that's where kind of a long story getting there, where the ABCs came from. Uh-huh. Now, I had to really swallow my pride and say, are you kidding me? I taught my kids there's nobody on the planet that's going to ever mess with them. They walk around with confidence, but my daughter is now mentally defeated and thinks she's fat and she's not eating. And now she's depressed. Because middle school is your prime age. That's the, and I guess I mentioned I taught PE for 11 years. I was K through 12. That is the cattiest year for the girls. And the the boys are going through their own puberty and testosterone. And they're trying to figure out who they are. That's where the most fights happen. So I go back to the drawing board. And I'm like, I got to do something before it gets to this stage. And I don't know, all the drawing and this and that. I started thinking about the women's self-protection workshops. What do I work on there? What do I do when I give a conference or a speech or a workshop? It all starts off with the A, which is awareness. You got to be aware of your surroundings. That's I'd say to the ladies. Look, I'm not saying be paranoid, but be aware of your surroundings, what's going on. But also be aware of yourself, how you're carrying yourself, your conduct. Are you walking around with your head and your phone and making yourself vulnerable? When you go out to your car, be aware that all four tires are inflated. Just take a peek. It only takes a second. Because one of the things, unfortunately, predators do, they'll flatten a tire. A woman drives off and realizes, no, I got a flat. She pulls over and here's her knight in shining armor, which is the same jerk that flattened the tire. And bad things happen from there. So awareness of that. But most importantly, awareness of what we're allowing in our mental garden, what we're saying about ourselves, what we're digesting, so to speak, by what we're listening to, what we're surrounding ourselves with. And then parents, same thing. you got to be aware of what's going on in your kid's world. And then do what you can to help them avoid those things. Now, I'll never say run from your fears and struggles and troubles, but I am say avoid dangerous situations that you have no business being in. And the worst one is what we feed our mind. So parents, be very, very, and you know, I'm holding my phone here, those that are listening. This device, if you're paying for it, it's your device. Mm-hmm. Meaning a lot of times parents will say, well, I want to, I want to, you know, their privacy. It's their, their privacy. Right. Uh, you're, you're paying for it. It's yours. Because right. this is too powerful for us, and it's far too powerful for kids. We, what's going on and what they're exposed to with what's on that phone. So that was the A, awareness and avoidance of the dangerous situations out there, but just as importantly, the dangerous things we're allowing into our mind and be aware of those. And the parents, be aware of your kids. That little extra time instead of saying, hey, Madeline, how was your day at school? It was fine. Okay, well, let's go on to this because we got to rush to here, rush to that. No, no, no. Dig a little deeper. Fine. I don't know what fine means. Help help me understand. What did you, what, what happened today that you liked? What about lunch? What'd you have for lunch? Did you eat your lunch? Because that was a thing. We had to dig in, find out, Madeline, what do you need lunch? Like, what the heck? Right. And uh, so that's the A. The B is believe in yourself with your bullyproof armor. And the bullyproof armor strengthened from the inside out what you're allowing in the mind. And I encourage positive affirmations. Look in the mirror 
and saying, I believe in me. I am somebody special. I am, yeah, I'm a gift from God. I've got talents. And just like anything else, and it's going to be hard at first, you're going to laugh at yourself at first, but laughing is a good thing because the more you're laughing, the more you're smiling. Obviously, those feel good chemicals, right? They get released. Now you're, you're feeling better about yourself as opposed to, you know, they're right. I am short. I am dumb. I'm stupid. I'm fat. Why am I even here? Whatever you plant in that garden, baby, is going to grow. For example, I give it. If you want those nice, juicy, suckling strawberries to put the whipped cream and the chocolate over, <laughs> you got to yes. plant strawberry seeds. If you plant onion seeds, you're not getting strawberries. And you may like onions, but I sure as heck wouldn't want to put whipped cream and, no, and chocolate no, on onions. No, <laughs> right. it's a very different garden you're growing. So the same thing. So that's the B. And then the C is communicate clearly and confidently with your eyes, your voice, your posture, how you walk around, how you carry yourself. And uh, if you can stop the bullying right off the bat by using tiger's eyes and lion's voice and just saying, hey, knock it off. That ain't yeah. funny. But someone has to have that confidence to believe in themselves to stand up. So I encourage parents to utilize the ABCs in their own life and then work with their kids on that as well. And then it becomes a little game back and forth. And uh, part of the B is also the bullyproof game. And it's just like that little kindergarten song we would say, I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. As goofy as that is, <laughs> it works. And uh, why does it work? Because you're thinking about, wait a minute, why, why, why are they saying this stuff? But it doesn't hurt me. I believe in me. But that confidence, that gets back to the hard work, the attitude, the effort, what you're putting in. And when you work hard to accomplish something, that self-respect, that self-worth, that's almost impenetrable, right? You are like, yeah, I did that. And if I did that, I can't be all bad. I feel good about me. But you have to put right. in the work in order to feel that. And I think that's one of the most important things to end on is this takes work. It does. Nobody's an overnight success. It takes us 30 years to become one of those, right? Reps, reps, reps. You have to put in the reps if you want to see growth. None of this happens overnight. You're not going to speak to somebody in a confident manner if you haven't practiced doing it, right? Somebody's going to be able to tear you down very easily if that's not something that you've put practice into. So I know we mentioned this, but y'all, Rich has a book. It's called Becoming Bullyproof. He's working on some online programs as well in order to support you and your family in helping your kids really stand up for themselves and understand who they are. We'll include, obviously, the book and a link to your website in our show notes. But this has been such a fantastic, dare I say, fruitful conversation. <laughs> and it, it is, it's so prevalent in today's day and age. And I think so many people are going to find value in this conversation and hopefully they find their way to your atmosphere so they can check out a little bit more of what you're doing. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so very much, ladies, for what you're doing, because uh, you mentioned the ripple effect earlier. And that's something I bring up in almost every presentation. You throw a pebble in a pond, it ripples across. Yeah. But if we can collectively pick up a massive boulder and throw that sucker in the pond, now we're flooding the banks because the information, it's like, wait a minute, I just heard you talking about it. Now I'm hearing Mary and Jill talk about it. Now I'm hearing mm -hmm. someone else talk about it. Maybe that's worth listening to, because as we know, we've been inundated with so much uh, stuff at all times, but the things we hear the most become sticky, right? And we start looking uh, into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the thank you for mentioning the books. I've got to uh, hold it up for those watching. Uh, Becoming Bullyproof, it's me as a 12-year-old, me to me 40 years later. And that's uh, awesome. one of my newer books that came out, it's a little kid's affirmation book. It's uh, I Believe in Me, cool. A, and Positive Affirmations. I'll show you just a couple. Every letter of the alphabet 
You can see that. That's there. awesome. I love and, that. Uh, it's teaching the kids the ABCs at a young age, but it's also planting the right seeds in the mental garden to empower them. So it's not a matter of if, but when some little knucklehead tries to bully them, that right. they know. I am brave and bullyproof. I am courageous and confident. And obviously what we continue to plant, water, nurture is going to grow. It's going to grow. The positivity grow as opposed to seeds of negativity and the weeds. Oh, well, Rich, thank you. You are so passionate. It, it just oozes out of you and it is so inspiring. So thank you for gifting the two of us and our audience all of your goodness. And we cannot wait to see you just continue to go spread your message and your mission and your light to more people. So it, you guys, thanks for tuning in today. We will catch you on the next episode of What's the Lesson. Bye. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in with us. If you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one of the following ways. By sharing this episode with a friend or tagging us on your social media, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review, or by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Geneva for girls and parents in the show notes. This is a place where we exchange ideas, post questions, and provide support to each other. Until next time, you guys, remember, being able to shift our WTF moments and finding the lesson instead saves us time and mental energy. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship. <laughs>